This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I am Craig Hoffman. He is Logan Paulson. And Logan, we've had a couple of days in pads now so we can break it all down. The quarterbacks, how are they doing? How's the line play now that they're actually hitting each other? And this team has done a bit of situational football how are they operating third down red zone goal line etc etc break it all down on today's show let's dive right in uh quarterback play that's the the biggest thing obviously there's a a multitude of factors that affect that and and we'll obviously have to talk a little bit about the protection before we dive deeper in it uh or into it in about 15 minutes we'll talk about the receivers and how they're doing but when you look at the decision making of the quarterbacks and and hitting the throws that are there um how do you feel like sam howell is doing so far as, as the pads have gone on. Yeah, I mean I think I think the whole the whole offense quite frankly looks a little bit better to me in that in since the pads have come on. So, um you know, Sam's looking better. I think it feels like they're kind of um I won't say game planning because that's not the right word, but accounting for elements of the defense that they weren't counting for early on in the installs or guys are just getting more comfortable with the plays that are called versus the defense. I mean, that's one of the things that I always found really helpful as training camp went on is you get really good at blocking your defense, right? Because you see it every single day. You're like, oh, the tight ends to the right. I'm going to get a three technique. I'm going to get a six technique. I'm going to get the backer plussed over. This is how I'm going to hit this combination. You just get a thousand reps at that. And so I think they've, they've just gotten more comfortable. You know, I think um, it started for me like last Friday. I want to say it was their first day of doing team run. They didn't have pads on, but they were running like, like we, I mentioned on the show, like a lot of pin pull stuff. And I felt like the O-line kind of came to life a little bit, you know, like and I feel like they've just been getting better and better and better each day. And so, like, you know, we were talking about before the show started, how you felt like the offensive line needed to come together a little run blocking. But, like, when I watch it, you know, I get the all 22, I get the end zone angle, I get the sideline angle. I see lanes being created. Now, are they perfect all the time? No, but I see space in the front, which is something that last year when you watched the run game, like, wasn't really happening. So, like, to me, that's really good because then it's just about – can we be a little bit cleaner on these combinations? Can we a little, be a little bit cleaner with the back reading the runs out? So as long as that continues to progress the way it's been progressing the last two days, I think this offensive line is going to be pretty good. And so, like I mentioned, Friday, uh, Saturday, and then obviously today. What is what is today? Today is Wednesday. Today's, today is Wednesday. We've oh had two padded gosh. practices yeah, since, so. since uh, the unpadded's on the weekend. Yeah. So obviously, there's been four practices, but I will say since that that run installation 
the group has come together in Passpro a little bit better. You can tell they're starting to feel each other out. How to like one of my favorite plays from today was Wiley was getting bulled by Casey Tuhill. The slides to the right. Gates does a great job overtaking the nose, and Cosme's got he's kind of posting with his inside hand on the nose. Eyes to Wiley, he sees the bull. Big chip help kills the bull. Perfect pocket to the right side, and then in that same breath, you get um, Chris Paul winning a one-on-one against Federian Mathis and Leno winning his one-on-one. So you know, like I just feel like they're starting to get a vibe a little bit with each other, and this definitely feels like you know something we talked about this offseason. Uh, I know we're supposed to be talking about quarterbacks, but I feel like this is. I was going to say let's let's just let's yeah. just shelve the quarterback for a few minutes because we're in it now, and I yeah, know there's a couple of trains of thoughts that we that have already uh, left the station. Yeah, and I feel like this is such an important part of Sam Howell playing better or looking mm-hmm. more comfortable, um, and so I, I think that um, you know, like seeing that all come together, seeing that chemistry, because it's something we mentioned this off season was like this is definitely going to be a group that's going to be playing better than the sum of its parts, and I think you're starting to see shades of that which is great because what are they like seven practices in? So they've still got a little bit of runway left, obviously first preseason, preseason game next weekend, but I think they've got a lot of time. And, you know, um, we, we talked about this off the air briefly, they're getting a lot of work done each and every practice. I think that's also kind of one of the reasons you see a very kind of pronounced progression with that group. Yeah. So a couple of things on the O-line, um, you're 100% correct that from my vantage point on the sideline, never getting to hit rewind, watching it live, it definitely seems like the first team defensive line has really dominated some of those periods. And specifically, I think of yesterday's nine on seven, uh, which it's funny because they actually don't think they did nine on seven. It, like it's a nine on seven structure, if you will. Like it's a run period. There's no no outside skill guys or no DBs. But I think it was actually eight on eight. Like there's a safety that was hanging out in the back. Anyway, it's it it was a run period. Yeah. And like it felt like John Allen or Doron Payne or someone was giving the running back a hug in the backfield every single snap. Yeah. And then you know the twos get out there, it's not quite as bad, and the threes get out there and and they they popped a couple. Um, but I do think that once you get into teamwork, where like passes are on the table, play actions on the table, yeah. runs on the table you have seen definitely a much more even distribution of wins. And that's that's how it should be, right? Like we talk about, you know, I, I talked about this on the radio yesterday. Um, the way I evaluate training camp is you first have to figure out, based off the setup of what you're watching, who's supposed to win the drill. And yeah. some drills are kind of designed for the offense. Some drills are kind of designed for the defense. If it's a team blitz period, yeah, the defenses should win more snaps because mm-hmm. they're blitzing. Um, and the offense doesn't know where it's going to come from, whatever. If it's, you know, seven on seven, it's, it's slight advantage to the offense. And so like, are the percentages right? And the most even 50, 50 fair competition is when you're in a true 11 on 11 team period. And there definitely, you're still seeing some tackles for loss. You're still seeing some sacks. You're still seeing, you know, pass breakups and all that kind of stuff. But you also see a much more, you're starting to see, I think by the day to your point, the offensive line get a little better. You see a couple of runs pop today. Curtis Samuel had some really good touches today. And, and you know, obviously Robinson and Gibson and, and Rodriguez and Jonathan Williams continues to yeah. impress as well. I, I just think that, like, there has been some dominant stretches, which I think, honestly, I'm happy about because it gives me hope that this defensive line is everything that we think it can be. Right. But 
also rep by rep, the offensive line is getting better. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, like I think you mentioned nine on seven, like nine on seven, having done that drill is pretty much like a defensive drill. Like they have two extra guys usually in the formation, which is fine. And it's not always true. Nine on seven. Sometimes you bring three tight ends. Sometimes you got a full, but you know what I mean? It's like, sure. But approximately like their goal is to be plus one in the run fit and it's to make it hard for you. And so I will say that like, while that drill is not always the cleanest, one of the things I really like seeing is guys, when you know, uh, when the defense knows it's a run, combinations creating movement. And so like sometimes they hang a little bit too long on the combinations, whatever, whatever, linebackers run through, whatever, whatever. But like seeing Chris Ball and Nick Gates like forklift John Allen out of a A gap the other day was pretty exciting. You know, like that, that gets you fired up. And then we talked about Wiley and, um, and Cosme and how they've been in the run game. And I think obviously like they're better kind of in combination working with each other, but they are, they're so fast off the ball. Their get off is excellent, you know, and like their ability to kind of close the space to their, uh, to their D linemen. So pain in some situations, sweat for Wiley and kind of keep windows in the run game is really cool. And I think, um, and I think again, yeah, nine on seven is a run centric or the defense centric drill. But when you get in a team team run, even, which is like more realistic because you can throw it a little bit. Like you see kind of, again, the holes are a little bit wider. The reads are a little bit slower. And, you know, the RPO stuff's there. The keeper game's there. There's some screens that they run in that period. And I just see a more efficient offense because as they've added, as they've kind of rounded the offense out, um, they've gotten more efficient down to down. Like that's Mm -hmm. really what it's been. Like it's just, they've just gotten more efficient as they go. So I think that's that's a good sign to me. And it's kind of like, you know, in terms of install, that's what you want to see. Like, it's going to be tough early on, I think, to be efficient, right? Because you're learning a new offense. And then to see that efficiency slowly ramp up, guys knowing where the target's going to go, the combinations being nice and thick. You know, uh, Juan, Juan Castillo and Terrell Wharton deserve a ton of credit, I think. Because, you know, we were, I don't know, I was kind of concerned that they weren't doing run stuff in the offseason, and that yeah, it was it was kind of one of those things where it's like we got a pin in it. We're gonna watch and see if this was a yeah. problem, but we, it's too early to have already called it a problem. That's a better way to say it. Yeah, and I think the and I think it shows you that offensive line development is not always in live periods. It's kind of like boxing or sparring, you know. And for yeah. them, all that all that work they're doing on the side, all that work they did this off season, seems to be coming to fruition now, which is a good time to have it. So I, I think it's um, I think it's a pretty. I'm pretty excited, you know, obviously like pretty excited. I know fans will like, Oh my gosh, Logan's excited, but it's, it's, it's looking good. The offense is progressing in a nice way. It's looking like a healthy offense. There's answers versus different looks. There's answers in the blitz period. Do they always hit it? No. Like today, Jacoby um, had a rep where it was like an A gap pressure. He's got to hit the shallow cross and the plugger just kind of gets in the way of the throw at the last minute. He has to hold it and he has to throw in the dirt. Like that's a win for the defense, but the fact that there is an answer, right? That he can get to the shallow cross, even versus a gap pressure. You know, there was a corner blitz today and they had an answer where they were able to throw the receiver right now, or they ran a wheel and they got the ball to the back right away because, you know, they identified that it was a pressure look. So I I think that's good. You know, and I think you'd like to see maybe, you know, as the offense gets a little bit more efficient, more efficiency in the deeper stuff, but I'm every day has gotten better. And I think that's a testament to the staff and the players. Yeah, I also like the way that they're constructing some of the stuff that they're doing. There was a period today where they went like it, the the split was we were expecting one on ones, O line D line, and then seven on seven on the other side of the field. Yeah. And what they did instead was cluster work on the the skill position guys, the pass game stuff. So it was like three on three, four on four type of stuff. 
Um, and you're working combinations and, you know, DBs get to work on passing stuff off receivers get to work on their releases and, you know, making sure if we're going to switch release this, we don't run into each other and and the spacing is right. And, you know, all those kinds of things. And then on the O-line D line side of the field, it was actually kind of the same thing. And it it took me a second to realize like what was happening, that it was really an offensive line drill, because I was like, it doesn't look like the defense is actually trying to win here. Like I, I, I was trying to figure out like, okay, is one of these guys like a live rusher and it's a one-on-one and they, you know, you don't know if it's going to be your guy. Like I couldn't figure out what the drill was for the first three or four reps. And it turns out it was, it was a combo drill. And like, that's the kind of isolated work that I just haven't seen before. Um, And you know, something that they never did as far as I can remember in the Gruden era. Um, It was a Callahan thing. Callahan used to do stuff like that. His, he called his a pod drill where it's five V four. And essentially it's the same thing. There's no linebacker in the game. So it's just literally like we're working combos, like D line, good luck, right? There's no one to come off to. So, but it's it's super like it's super isolated work, and like this is the time of year that you can do that stuff, and I and I loved it, and I'd have to think that it's going to help this team. And by the way, they were doing it for like 20 minutes. Like these periods are long, and they're getting a lot of reps in at the same thing over and over again. And that's something that you and I have talked about, and veering off a little bit from the specific here, but like that's something you and I have talked about you know, in your career that there were times where you're just like, well, there's my eight reps today. Um, yeah. you know, and these guys are getting a ton, even the, the threes are getting a ton, ton of reps, reps, which is just going to make sure that everyone's a better player because they've, they've actually practiced. And so that was something I wanted to ask you, cause we've talked and we're talking more about this probably later in the week, you know, yeah. just the volume of reps or whatever, but like, does the practice, cause I don't get to watch a ton of practice cause we're doing segments. We're like walking around talking to people. So I don't get to watch like what is the cadence of practice feel like? Does it feel like urgent throughout it, it, or yes, is it... but it also doesn't feel rushed. Yeah. Like and there, the, the funniest moment of practice today, um, which was enhanced by the conversation that Nikki and I were having on the sideline while it was happening. Uh, so the referees were out of practice today yeah. and you know, Eric always kind of has the same cadence. It's, you know, they break the huddle, get on the ball yeah. balls hiked and, go get it like every yeah. single play go get it i'm like who is he talking to like yeah. which which guy who's Just who's the go get, get it, it guy um and then it's get off the field and like yeah. you know he's, he's making sure that it's efficient um, but it's not like they're running hurry up. It's just like, get off the field. So the next group can get in the huddle, right. or if you're supposed to be in the huddle, get your ass in the huddle. But the, the officials were out there and they'd thrown a flag on a particular play and they were in a little group huddle taken forever. Like they would in a real game to discuss. Cause I think there was multiple penalties and Ron's kind of yeah. waiting on them. And eventually like, you know, Eric had, you know, the players are used to the, the cadence Eric had sent in the play. They broke the huddle. Referees are still kind of, you know, lollygagging back to their positions. Uh, the umpire is like, whoa, we're not ready yet. Like sprints in to stop the snap. And Eric just obliterates the officials. It doesn't matter right now. We got another play to run. You can talk to us after. Get out the way. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because right before that, I had said to Nikki, as it was kind of taking too long, I was like, is Eric going to yell at the officials too? And sure enough, turns out the answer is Yes. So to answer your question, like it does not feel rushed. It just feels like a good, consistent tempo Tempo. on a metronome of like, this is what an NFL game feels like. The play clock goes, the next snap happens, and you just keep doing that until the the drill is over or until your your reps are over and you switch from the ones to the twos to the threes. 
Yeah, that, that's really cool to hear because like when you like some of the more efficient offenses I've been a part of were, were like that, like practices were like that. There was a, an urgency. You're not rushing, but you're urgent. And I think it just allows you it's game speed. Yeah, to get to get more reps in, to work your conditioning, to again, like the we talk about the individual work. We've mentioned that already, but also like there's really no replacement for like being on the field with your guy, like working through in-game adjustments and being like, oh, that I was a little loose on that. I got you this next one here. Let's let's go the play calls in. You know what I'm saying? And like, oh, hey, with the slides there and just getting volume in in time on task is so important. And, and the way to do that is make sure you've got a good cadence. So I think that's great. And I think, I think you're seeing the fruits of that reward with the offensive line. Obviously, the defense is still doing a great job. I'm not saying, but, you know, like in our earlier conversations about, about training camp, like the defense was – was dominant to a certain extent, right? So now it's kind of evening out a little bit. The defense is still doing a great job. Um, you know, the, the defensive line is still doing a great job. The linebackers have flashed. Like, the secondary is doing great. But to see the offense kind of start to to match that intensity of a defense that I think we both think is going to be pretty good yeah, is, is awesome. So, Yeah. Um, one thing that I – like that I really liked that they did. Um, they did a, a ton yesterday. They actually did it a lot today too. I was trying to think, but yeah, they definitely did it today too, is mixing the ones and the twos, um, yeah, both sides of the ball, but especially on the defensive side of the ball. And to me, that's a, uh, something about the O-line or something that's helpful for the O-line because yes, it is very helpful to get better at football, to go against someone the caliber of John Allen every snap, against Deron Payne every snap. But it's not but really what, though. I think that's but the thing. Jo- what jo- but the thing is, like I think I think you know what you were about to say is exactly what I'm about to say, which is that helps you actually get really good at blocking John Allen. Yeah. And the problem is, is John Allen's not Dexter Lawrence, and yeah. Dexter Lawrence is not the next guy. And so getting even if the next guy up is a big fill is not as good as John Allen or F.A. Obata is not as good at John Allen. It's a different challenge. Yeah. And so making sure that you're not just getting good at one thing and you're not just solving one problem. I think it's helpful for this O-line as they figure out how to react to all situations, all personnel, all different types of rushers, all different types of guys in terms of how they play the run. And, and getting that mix and match, I think, has been really beneficial. And, and maybe it's actually been one of the, the catalysts for them coming together sure. a bit as a unit these last couple of days. I think that's totally true. I also think it's important to note, and, and you've probably experienced this in your life a little bit too, like if it's too hard, if the, if the task is too challenging, yes. I can't work my technique or my rules or anything because I'm just like, if I had to go try to block like me had to go try to block John Allen, you could give me infinite number of reps. I'm not going to get any better at it because he just kicked my ass every single time and I wouldn't learn anything. I would just be in pain. Yeah. And I kind of felt like that's what was going on with Sadiq. And so like, it's weird to see like Chris Paul come in and play well, you know, against John, but I feel like he had time with, a little bit lesser competition or really hone in on technique and angles and positioning and, and punch and, and position on the double teams. And, and I think there is a lot of value there. So I do think it's great to mix it up. You know, then it's not exclusively twos. I think what they did yesterday was like four reps, like ones versus ones. And it was like four reps, ones versus twos, you know, and they kind of went through that way. So they're still getting one versus one rep, but I do think that that just taking a little bit off the gas pedal allows you to really solidify some of those, those mm-hmm. techniques, especially along the offensive line, and and see concepts in the back end too. Like if you're always going against a, a coverage group that's just locking you down or runs it exactly the same, like like you said, it's not getting you better the same way. So I do think that that's a really smart move by by the staff, and I think it it, it leads to a good constructive learning environment 
for the team, which ultimately is what this is. It's just a, it's like school. Yeah. It's like class, you know? So um, I'm, I'm encouraged and I think I, I will continue to be, to be encouraged. And uh, you know, I think Cleveland's going to be a really exciting thing to watch, you know, just for, as a fan to kind of see where the team is at and see how sharp everything looks. Cause like this is, this is totally changed. You know, I coach at the high school watching practice every day with, with EB and how he runs it. It changes my perspective on how to get, how to maximize the teaching of a training camp practice. And I think that's a cool thing to see. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. That's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. So we talk about the the ones versus twos, the level. Is it too sharp? Is it sharp enough yeah. type of deal? And I, I feel like early on, there was a little bit of that with Sam Howell, where it was bit. a little bit too fast. Or it was it, it was part O-line, right? Like they were not having a good time blocking the one D-line, especially before they get into pads. That means there's pressure in Sam's face and everything's happening a little bit faster. And you're not actually getting the best caliber of work where you put the twos out there and they're still very, very good players, but they can, uh, they can actually operate uh, the offense. So now that we've seen that offensive line, take a step, how do you look at what Sam has done so far uh, a week in the training camp? I actually like where Sam's at. You know, I think he's, there's been a, like, as the offensive line has improved, like Sam has improved. I think, you know, there's times where you see like just tremendous talent, like in one-on-ones, uh, Yesterday, yesterday, he had a really, really nice throw to Diami where Diami's working against St. Juice. St. Juice is in the back hip. Diami's able to accelerate, maybe gain like a half yard of separation. He drops it over the shoulder, right in the bucket. I mean, it couldn't have been a better throw. And so you see that elite accuracy, that elite feel, that elite touch. Um, but also you see a little bit of the inconsistency in terms of teamwork. I think I don't know if you can see the throws over the O-line the same way. But I'd say the consistency um, down to down is definitely improving. I'm just saying occasionally you see kind of one of those flyers. You're like, oh, man, that would have been awesome if he could just lay that in there. Like there was a corner route to Terry in the first team blitz where he's kind of using it as a hot outlet and he just puts a little bit too much air on it. 
and Terry can't get there, it would have been a big play. So like that, that and again, nobody's going to have a perfect practice. That's not what practice is sure. for. It's and that's the kind of, of stuff that happens in games all the time. And right. it's the one where we, you know, we're doing the post game pod. It's like, man, if he had just hit that one. Right. Right. And so I think if he can get a little bit, if he can continue to get more consistent, and I do think that kind of changing the dynamic of some of those team run periods, like letting them see the RPOs, letting them see the keepers, letting them see the sprints, like that's been really, those are really high level completions. He's done a good job finding throws there. Um, you know, the red zone stuff, kind of that short area has been really nice. He did have a miss to Terry today that was kind of heartbreaking. But, you know, again, those things happen. Like the play design's perfect. The protection's pretty solid. Terry's on a deep crosser. He sees the window. So all the hard stuff kind of taken care of puts a little bit too much air on it. And it just falls, you know, kind of off the fingertips of Terry. And I don't think Terry could have caught it. So I, I think there's there's been a progression. It's good. It looks like they're kind of figuring out what he's good at, what Sam's comfortable with. And it's just about some of those um, those those like those long foul balls, I'll call them, you know, where it's everything's yeah. kind of right. And can you hit that? And I, do I think it's better than last year? One billion percent better than last year. But I'm talking like, can we can he kind of take that next step? And that's the stuff you're looking at. Yeah, just to clarify, are you talking the one offense looks better than the one offense last year, or Sam looks better than Sam did last year? I think both, honestly. Like Sam looks you, way when better. When you said like the one billion percent, that's what yeah, you're better about than Sam, better, Sam to better, Sam. better than like Carson, for example, or better than like okay, that that's efficiency. What I was asking. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that efficiency that we saw from Carson last year, where you're like, man, that was you know, there's only been like five completions in practice or whatever, and they've been big plays, but you can't survive that can't way. So for him, that, right? Yeah. So for him to kind of, and, and again, it's it's uh, as much as we're talking about Sam, it's all the the structure of mm -hmm. the offense and EB and finding matchups and getting people in position to make plays. Like you know, you're getting B Rob on a choice two days ago, and he dices the linebacker. That's an easy throw, easy read, easy easy catch. You know, so finding those matchups, putting guys in good positions to be successful. Again, there was a play you get double posts to the right deep crossing route hits Cole Turner for an easy completion like love that stuff you know what I mean love how the concept supports Sam love how Sam's seeing it so it's a really nice progression everything feels great but um you know it's just can he kind of ramp that consistency to that to and I don't even know what the next level would be I don't even know if we have something to compare him to in this market but like maybe that Kirk Cousins level where like you know, you're connecting on 50% of those long foul balls as opposed to 30%. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, can we get yeah. that extra 20% of efficiency? And I think, it, I think you will, you know, and I think as you get in a game plan, that'll get better because the game plan, yeah. again, you see the same look versus different coverages and you get really good at it. But that's kind of where I'm at with Sam at the moment. So the comparison to last year in Carson to me is just night and day. And yeah. you know, again, this is, this is quarterback, but it's also offense and attention to detail. But like how many times did Carson drop back, pat the ball a thousand times, throw a ball in the dirt. And you're just like, this mm. looks disjointed. This looks not functional. This is bad. And you tried to hold your breath and just thinks, think that it's going to get better. Um, and it, and it never did. But with Sam, like things are happening on time, like not always. Um, there are, yeah, have yeah. been a couple of hitches. Like, again, no one's going to have a perfect practice. Um, there's times where it's it's uh, upset in terms of the timing because of pressure, um, whether it's a blitz period or whether someone just went, you know, John Allen and Deron Payne occasionally win quickly. Right. Um, so um, there, there's things that happen that are that you have to deal with that you're going to have to deal with in game. But I think that is 
down in, down out, and what's so impressive is that even if it's an incompletion, even if the ball doesn't go to the exact right place, there's a timing and a rhythm to this offense that screams functionality. Yeah. And that is very exciting, and I'm, I'm hoping very much that that translates into a game. Um, I also think that there's been consistently players running into space, and yeah. that is very exciting too. And, and I think one of the areas where Sam can improve a little bit is making sure that the throws allow those players to continue running in that space. Yeah. I think there's occasionally some throws where he is being a little too careful to throw away from defenders, which sounds mm. crazy because obviously you want to throw away from defenders, but like just hit the guy in stride, man. Like you don't have to back shoulder it away from the, the defender all the time because if you hit the guy in stride, he can keep running full speed and get past that defender. So there's been like a couple of those here and there. But largely, I think yeah. he's been very, very solid, especially the last two days. Um, Saturday, I, I wasn't out there, but everyone uh, I was talking to Kaim about it, uh, for instance, in the end zone today. And he's like, yeah, Saturday was, yikes, not very good. But um, past two days, I think he's been a lot better. And, uh, you know, if he can just continue to grow, like it's it's the also the time to remind ourselves that he's super young, very inexperienced. And, you know, the the preseason game, against Cleveland will be the second time he's ever a QB one in anything at the yeah. NFL level. So, yeah. uh, long, long way to go. I guess, no, the third. I, I, guess he, I guess he, did he start the, uh, the final preseason game last year? He did, right? Uh, no, I thought Baltimore didn't Taylor, didn't Taylor start that game. I don't uh, remember. Maybe. I don't know. It's, it was a Someone year leave ago. A comment. I'm yeah. sure everyone, <laughs> everyone, the Heineke high will remember. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I agree. I think, I, I think the, as much as I'm happy with Sam Howell and I think he's in a good spot, I think it's the offense that gives you confidence that everything's going to be copacetic. You know, yeah. it's not like Sam needs to be perfect. It's there, there's, there's, there's opportunities and throws that are a little bit lower leverage than what you were seeing last year on a down and down basis. So I'm into that. Um, I think Jacoby's looked really good. I think Jacoby continues to be looking good. I think the thing about Jacoby that gets you, gets you smiling when you watch practice a little bit is for example, they were in a blitz period and uh, the, there was no good hot answer on the on the play. And Cole Turner had like a middle read, like where he's kind of beating the mic in a one on one situation. And we're talking like we're on like the 50 yard line. And he throws this ball that looks like it's 55 feet in the air, like just almost straight up because the blitz is coming right in the A gap. So he's got to get the ball out on time and he throws the mm -hmm. ball straight up and he and Cole Turner is running and he's looking kind of for a normal trajectory ball. But the ball was out two two to th like it felt like three seconds before he turned his head around and the ball lands like directly do to the right of cole he could have caught it but like you know it's it's one he of those things where it's like you're not expecting this like incredible moonshot and he'll do something like that you know once a once a day in practice where you're like that's definitely not your hot answer here but you're trying to to mess around like he did something today with a corner route where like it was a corner pressure and he just again lofted this sucker up there and just hoping the receiver can track it down. And I like that he's kind of playing with that stuff. But in terms of like total mastery of the offense, I feel like he's a little bit ahead of Sam. But I think, again, you're betting on the upside and all those tools we've seen. And it's not like Sam's been bad. So, uh, but those always make me smile when Jacoby's out there. Yeah. He does I was actually like going to ask you about those plays because like Jacoby just will roll out and be like, bleep it. And, and it's yeah. funny because his his reputation is anti that, which makes you think that in games he probably yeah. doesn't do that, right? Yeah. Um, you've probably watched more Brissett. In fact, I know you've watched more Brissett than me, <laughs> so you'd have to. I'd have to rely on you here and your your file. But like, 
it is pretty funny for a guy who's like, we'll never turn it over. Super safe. Oh, he smart guy. I'll just flick it out of bounds. Not in practice, man. Yeah. That dude will roll out and he's his arm is so freaking strong. He's got a strong arm. He'll just he'll just flick one thirty yards down and it's like it's twitchy too. It's just like yeah. this violent violent shoulder snap and he'll fling a ball 30 yards down the field into the corner of the end zone and you're like that's a that's an aggressive throw oh there's a receiver down there yeah he had a hit one i think you're talking trying to make a completion in seven on seven yesterday it's like you know seven on seven there's no rush so it's kind of like pat the ball the good coverage right and he got to the backside comeback who had adjusted because it was off schedule and was running it was bryson tremaine running down the sideline and he like kind of languidly rolls out to his right and just bombs the sucker down there. It must have been 45 yards in the air. And Bryson goes up and, you know, mosses the guy or whatever. But I'm like, that's, you yes. know, that's like, in, in, in no world is that ever happening. But, like, it's cool. To, like, it's, there's like a playfulness about it. But also, like, you can tell he's working on something. And um, and, I, and I dig that. So, so good for him. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Let's real quick before we go into the situational football stuff, talk about the receivers uh, on the tail end yep. of the passing game stuff. Uh, what have you seen from from the crew? And obviously, we'll talk about DBs in here as well. Well, you know, it's funny. Like, we started talking about Terry, how he's been kind of quiet. And then he comes out and has, like, a pretty explosive day. I think it was – the days are mixing together. I think it was Monday, Monday or Tuesday. He had, like, a really nice uh, fade kind of – Sluggo release on Emmanuel yeah. Forbes and catches the what ball been, over his Tuesday because they Tuesday. practice Monday. Yeah, so um, catches the ball over his shoulder again. Emmanuel Forbes later in the drive, or later in the period, has a slant on the other side of the field. Great catch by him in a contested catch situation. So kind of came out and said, "Hey, man, you know, like I'm the big dog today. Had a nice catch on a crossing route that would have been a big play." So uh, good to see him. Kind of you know, not that he's not, didn't show up, but you know, like he's getting some touches and getting his hands on some footballs and making some plays. Uh, I think we all know that he's going to do that when season rolls around, but, but the thing um, I will, I will just like underscore there is he's actually going to get touches. Like that is something that is a concerted effort to get the ball out quickly. We've seen it in the play calling and they're, they're obviously practicing these situations. It's not like you show up on Sundays in in the fall and, you know, all right, Hey, we're going to run the screen to Terry. Like, no, they're practicing. And I don't know if they run a screen to Terry yet, but they've, they've practiced some like clear one read. The ball's going to Terry because we right. want him to get the ball stuff. And Ron talked about it in his presser today. So like he is actually going to get his touches this year, which yeah, is and, fantastic. And, like I think they had a jet sweep or a reverb. Yeah. You know, they've done some stuff like that. The other one that's kind of was uh, nice to see was Curtis Samuel. Like he did a really mm-hmm. good job uh, with like some stuff from the backfield, some stuff from the slot with some screens and had some nice kind of work stuff work in the middle of the field. And again, he was a guy that had been quiet for the past you know, five days, but past two days kind of come alive. So, you know, he gets his flowers. Jahan, nice day yesterday, just running routes. The thing I loved about Jahan yesterday was he was making some contested catches, which I know he's kind of known for having great hands, but Forbes during OTAs and minicamp was kind of able to, I don't say body him up, but like kind of be physical with him. And then the ball would kind of jostle out of his hands. So he made some, you know, guy near him, good, good handsy catch, getting his arm hit, holding on to the football, which, Again, I think that's super important for him to kind of take his next step. If there's one criticism I had of Jahan's game is that he doesn't always finish the play. So to see him have some plays that were going to be tough finishes and he gets that done, I think is kudos and a big credit to him. Um, and then uh, Cole Turner, real quick, I think has yeah, done a great job. Good. He's shown up. And it's and it's not like he's winning. Oh, shoot, I almost just – like yesterday, I almost said he doesn't win in man-to-man situations. But yesterday – 
he had a choice route on Kalik Hudson and dude about fell out of his shoes. You know what I mean? Like it was an excellent route, kind of that basketball crossover at the top. Kalik kind of bites really hard on the out fake. And, you know, Jacoby was actually late getting him the football because he had won so quickly, so badly. So, uh, you know, great job by him. A lot of crossing routes, a lot of deep crossing routes. So I think he's a guy that's going to be a big feature of the offense, especially using multiple tight ends and things like that. Any observations from you, Craig? Yeah, I mean, I think Curtis is going to be a guy who gets a lot of design touches this year. Um, I think that is something that we're already starting to see. I think today we saw the most of it with him lining up at some different places. Again, don't want to say too much so we don't get in trouble. But, you know, he's this he lined up in the backfield. Ooh, shocking. But like, you know. (laughs) some of the stuff that we wish we had seen a little bit more in the past, I think Curtis is definitely going to get some of those opportunities. Uh, especially I would imagine there's, there might be games where it doesn't happen at all. Then the next game he gets five, six of those because it's the right matchup and EB's, you know, see something particular on defense. So that's going to be interesting to watch. I think week to week throughout the year, he did have a, uh, it's not, I can't even call it a drop. He had a, just a one where he got his, he got all turned around. I don't know whether he lost it in the sun, whether he never saw it, but big, what would have been a big play. Uh, yesterday, it was yesterday, yeah. um, had a big play against cover two over the middle and he was wide open and just tripped over his own feet, turning around to try to find a ball that had he kept running, I think would have just hit him in the hands. <laughs> um, but like, Hey, got open, read the route, everything correctly. Just got to finish. Um, and, and he won all of his one-on-ones, um, yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. good for him. You know what I mean? He, yeah, he's for sure. I always forget how strong he is as a player. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, he's not maybe the most technically sound route runner, but he's physical and so he can kind of create separation using his explosive and twitch so that's always cool to see yeah um and then tight ends wise here i go stomping on your territory but curtis hodges shown some flashes but also needs to finish better had a fumble um was that him drop yesterday yeah uh so that was less than ideal um but you see you see the talent i just think turner's a better player at this point um definitely more consistent i would say you know like he's he's just like he's a Again, we talked about the consistency. He's a consistent, good football player with athletic traits that make you excited. So, like, yeah, he's good. He's good. And Logan's and done a great job. So that was what I was going to say yeah. as well. Logan Thomas has been all over the damn place, yeah. and that is awesome. Um, he looks really, really good. He looks healthy, and he, you know, he doesn't knock on wood. Like, not dropping anything. Like, he's very yeah. sure-handed. He just seems like. For, as a human being, he feels reliable based off his personality. Um, and it certainly, as a player, feels like he's very reliable. So that's that's been good to see as well. And then the last guy, uh, Diami's had a really good camp. Um, you know, he's limited-ish in what he can do. Like, he's not the most exquisite route runner. Um, but he's fast as hell. He knows, how, like, he, he is game speed fast. He has beaten a yeah. lot of dudes deep. And like today you see him start to leverage that a little bit better and catches some easy comebacks. And, you know, yeah. and if you're trying to move the ball down the field late in the game and, you know, defenses are, are scared to get beat over the top, like you can steal yards with Deami Brown on a comeback route. And that's, that's a really important guy and skill set to have in your offense. So um, that's good. Byron Pringle, I think is also going to make the team. That's my last bold prediction. I'm just throw that yeah. out there. I think, I think Thank he's you. looked really good, made some plays and obviously he's familiar with the offense. Yeah, and I think and he might um, be the know, kick returner. So yeah, and Bates had a nice contested catch yesterday. Two nice contested catches yesterday. So I think you don't forget about John Bates catching the football. Yeah. Like he's looked good in that area. And obviously nine on seven yesterday, he was a, he was a dude at times, man, putting his face on people and being physical. So obviously that's still a big part of who and what he does. And then last but not least, I know you mentioned Pringle, and I you know this guy maybe is not a true pass catcher, but Brian Robinson, dude. 
Like he, oh, he has been awesome. catching the football great. Like he had one yeah. day on a wheel, great catch, one of the flat in the red zone. Um, that would have been a touchdown and probably a sack, but probably a t- like, you know, it was a touchdown in the drill, but probably right. would have been a sack in real life. Uh, tough, tough catch and uh, made it look routine. So uh, he, he's doing an excellent job. He had also one, you know, like where he's running the seam. And this is a testament to Sam, I thought. He's running the seam and uh, and Sam tries to put it on him. And it was an excellent throw. But you could tell B-Rob was like, I am not open. Don't throw me the ball. And Sam <laughs> just darts it right at him. And so uh, he, he doesn't even get his hands up. It kind of hits him in his shoulder. But um, I think great throw by Sam. But obviously he's still maturing. But in terms of catching the football, he's done a, a really, really nice job. Can't give him enough credit. And also his his vision. We mentioned some of those team run periods. Like he had a power today where, you know, everyone knows what power, pulling the backside guard, kicking out with the fullback. And uh, he, hits, he hits the backside A gap for what would have been probably like a 15-yard gain. Really sweet feet, great job. So everything kind of seems to be clicking for him. And, and you know, everyone's really quick. in the building there is really quick to tell you, like, yeah, he's doing great. But last year he wasn't healthy. So this is him. This is finally we're getting to see the final version of him. So yeah, uh, I just want to give him his flowers. For sure. Uh, the the final version of him, I didn't anticipate being a guy who can line up in the slot and run up the seam and catch a ball. But yeah. uh, apparently that's are. part of his game. It's yeah. it's really fun to see. Uh, Gibson's also been, you know, he's been Gibson. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's been good too. Uh, but Robinson definitely deserved the flowers. Take Command Podcast from Odyssey Sports. It's Logan Paulson. I am Craig Hoffman. All right, final segment here, Logan. We will go a bit hurry up, which is really yeah. more four-minute offense type of, <laughs> type of tempo here, uh, to talk about situational football. They've worked some third downs. They've worked some third and short specifically. They worked some goal line. They worked some red zone, high red and low red. Yeah. Um, yesterday was a bit of a disaster uh, before they even got to the ball. Uh, Eric Bieniemy had to get them back in the huddle. Yeah. It felt like every snap there for a while to just say like, hey, there's an urgency down here. There's a reason we move quickly. I asked Sam Cosme about it, and he's like, yeah, man, like there's just an urgency about that area of the field that I think yeah. is part of it, but also we're trying to make sure that the defense doesn't have all day to adjust, and, and you know, we want to get on the ball and we want to go. But once they snap the ball, what have you seen from them these last couple of days? Let's, let's start with the red zone, um, yeah. and, and then we can go to the other situational stuff well red zone i think is you know i watch a ton of kansas city film this last off season and one of the things about their red zone again is the tempo finding plays that work and finding answers within those plays and i think you're starting to see shades of that you know kind of trying to manufacture relatively easy throws and relatively easy opportunities based on what the defense does and i think you're seeing that you know i mentioned the incomplete pass to terry today like that was wide open and that's all scheme route uh, design, you know, and I, so I think that that's going to be something that I'm really excited about. Again, the efficiency needs to get, you know, one of the things about Kansas city is they're insanely efficient in those situations. They're Mm -hmm. insanely efficient in terms of getting touchdowns. Um, I think today, you know, like you see kind of the difference, like they're, they're good plays. You got to hit on some of that stuff that, and it's not like they're missing a ton of throws. I'm not saying it was bad, but like, can they get a little bit more efficient, but the concepts are there, the philosophies there, I think you have the players to execute that stuff at a high level. So um, I'm excited. Again, it's just to me about taking it from like a a five 
to like a seven if we can, you know, and I think yeah. they're going to have more and more time to get that done more and more reps. So I, I have no reason to think that won't happen. Yeah. I, I think there's, again, the urgency of detail in that area of the field because the margins are, you know, the NFL right. margins are slim all the time, but they're even slimmer down there. There's just not a lot of space to operate. And you see, um, I don't mind like talking about this play cause it's basically the kind of thing that they did in the Super Bowl twice, right. Yeah. Where they use motion, to create mismatches and you know it's not just like oh jog across and now we've changed the strength of the formation it's like i'm gonna sprint across yes and snap it or maybe i will sprint across stop and then snap it or yeah. like there's one you know versions of it and there was one with brian byron pringle today which i think is interesting a guy who was in kansas city and has practiced this stuff before where like he sprints one way then is like oh i'm gonna slow jog back the way just kidding i'm sprinting back this way and yeah. like it's it's a race to the pylon and there's those kinds of things that kansas city's been doing for years that you'd certainly expect to be in this washington offense that apparently have made the trip from kansas city to washington but it, it's about the execution of the details not about the scheme like it's a, it's only a win with the pen if the guys execute it right yeah and so i think that 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 has been really cool to see um generally speaking i think red zone today the offense was fantastic you had a bunch of guys score from a bunch of different places there were run touchdowns there were pass touchdowns there were rollouts there was drop back there there's everything um so that was that was really good to see uh yeah. third down what have you seen in the, the third down periods? Because we know that's been a bugaboo for this team the past couple of years. Yeah, again, you see some of the same philosophy, and I think that's important, and we can't get too specific on it. But, you know, I, I like that there's options. I like that there's answers. I like that, you know, most teams do this, but they're working different distances to third down. They have different plans. They have different plays. Like that, you know, like there was a, there was a period last year where, you know, it's third and four to six, Scott Turner's calling mesh, you know, and yeah. – they can call mesh as much as they want in this offense as well. But the fact that they have different formations, different personnel running it, putting some window dressing on it, I think just bodes really well. And I think they do a great job with, you know, like they're, they're not novel concepts, but it's just like knowing what works versus certain coverages and calling those plays. Like I'm not calling one play to beat all coverages. I'm calling, this is my cover three beater. This is my, my match beater. That's what I'm going to call. You know, if we're getting pressure on third and eight, I'm calling this play because it's got answers versus pressure, but I also like the concept to the right. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's just a layering that makes you go, okay, they're thinking about this in a different way. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. That pretty much does it for this podcast. Uh, we do have take five that we will have for you tomorrow as well. So uh, a couple of, of guys that have stood out that might not make – the headlines might not even make the story, if you will, but deserve some attention. So we will talk about them in our bonus episode. That's why you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss anything any day of the week when we might put out a podcast. Next week, uh, got a couple of cool things planned. Uh, not ready to talk about them quite yet, but obviously they will be training camp adjacent, uh, different angles on camp as this team continues to get ready for the game against Cleveland. And, uh, I guess, Logan, our last big podcast of next week will be a preview of what to look for against Cleveland. Cleveland, I guess so. It's, yeah. It's already, <laughs> I mean, it's already so my, my boss told me today, he's like, which flight do you want to take on next week to get to Cleveland? And I was like, what are you talking about? That's not next week. He's like, oh, yeah, it is, dude. And I was like, yeah, it is. Oh, Hall of Fame geez. games tomorrow, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so it's, it's coming is it tomorrow or this weekend. It's whatever. It's yeah, soon. whatever. It's soon. Um, <laughs> it's very, very soon. Uh, so if you have your restaurant recommendations for Cleveland, for Logan, yes, leave them leave in, it the in the comments. Yeah. Um, 
Cleveland's a fun city for a weekend. Uh, there's there's just enough to do for like two days, and then you leave. Uh, especially one of those is a football game. Uh, but yeah, we'll uh, we look forward to uh, to that next week. Uh, take five, subscribe, listen to the radio show four to seven every day on the Team Nine Eighty. Watch all Logan stuff on YouTube. Uh, any anything else on the way out here, pal? I think that's it, man. All right, the podcast is open.